Is that a book? You're reading a book? You brought, it's the you notes the from the show. Look at that. Look at you're prepared. Yeah. New, new year, new you. This isn't new. <laughs> Usually when I'm looking at my phone, I'm looking at the clip list. <laughs> this is our cold open. Just play the song. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 2022. Welcome to the new WatchBots, same as the old WatchBots. This is Ben, joined by Shailen. Hello. Hello. And by Dave. The more things change, the more they say the same. Hmm. Great. Greetings, Shailen. Hello. it's a new year it's been a bit things have changed things haven't changed some things have changed what's changed the year when we write the date yeah it's true the world's gone to shit but i did watch that new matrix movie sure did (laughs) so give you a quick review uh it's i believe it's still on hbo max until the third week of january you might think that Dumb and Dumber is a funny movie. You might think that, I don't know, The Graduate is a funny movie. But folks, you haven't seen The Matrix Resurrections. Easily one of the funniest <laughs> movies I've seen in my entire life. The Wachowski, whatever one it was, I think it's Lana. Lana. They had 20 years to write new dialogue for Neo. And they gave him such cool lines as, fuck, and whoa. It didn't have a what? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? A lot of what? A lot of that. Funny, funny movie. Shailen, your review? I actually wrote a review. So you have Keanu, dreamy. Jonathan Groff, dreamy. Dreamy versus dreamy with attractive ladies scattered in there around them. And spoiler. It's worth a watch. For sure. It's like Baywatch for women. Hmm. No, better. Mm-hmm. Not better than Baywatch? Gruff is dreamy, isn't he? He is dreamy. Ah, guy can sing, act, looks great. Could he play Mugruff? Uh, yeah, he probably could. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I would totally. pay to see that. Yeah. We should make that movie. Write it, write it, Ben. I'll pitch it. I will. He was the best part of Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Wouldn't know. The four-hour musical that I watched. <laughs> I... <laughs> God, I don't get it. I don't get the hype. Was the hype all about Jonathan Groff as King George the Third? Because no. th- then I-, I believe that hype. That was not all of the hype. No, he was he was the best part of that show. What about Lin Manuel? Mm-mm, no, he wrote a great musical. He also <laughs> performed so hard that he gassed himself before the fourth act. Third act. <laughs> what, you, what is speaking this? of gassed? <laughs> gassed. Speaking of guest, I uh, a couple hours, a couple hours before recording here, I um, was on Twitter just just doing my usual doom scrolling, and I found an article about a woman 
who sells her own farts. Um, she jars her farts mm-hmm. and uh, and sells them. She was making $38,000 a week, according to this article. Mm-hmm. But they, they pointed the article, the lead that they buried was that she was hospitalized for straining too hard to fart into jars <laughs> sure. to, then, to then sell on the internet. That's what killed Elvis. She got greedy. <laughs> she did get greedy. There was something about um, she would drink a bunch of protein shakes and she had like black bean soup or something. Okay. You know, to get her going. But anyway, the, I mean, I think the world is just in such shambles that people have to uh, resorting to selling their own farts for, you know, it's a lot of money. But um, Is that a resorting situation or is that a genius move? See, here's, here's the thing you're both leaving out. Mm. That whether it's resorting or whether it's a genius move is, is mildly irrelevant because this woman's living the American dream. She ground out the hustle. She could have just <laughs> like dumped nothing into a jar or just sold empty jars, but committed herself to drinking protein shakes and eating black bean soup to That's give fair. her customers real ass farts. R-A-F. Oh, that's right. Royal Air Force no more. It's real ass farts. <laughs> I guess like yeah, good good for her. You also left out a key detail, Dave, that she was on nine day ninety day fiance. That's true. That's true. That's where she got her start. And so like she was I think she was able to sell her farts because she was a um a you know, a D-list celebrity or something like that. Yeah, you, like yeah. Joe Schmo or Jane Schmain just on the streets, you're not going to be making 38 grand a week selling your farts. you got to get your start on one of our 4,000 reality television shows. So, listeners, if you want, hit us up at WatchBotsPod on Twitter and mm-hmm. uh, just send me your address and I'll, I'll jar up my farts. I'm like a Z-list celebrity. So, yeah. And I've really wanted to fart in jars so yeah you gotta the, clean out the garage you've been collecting yeah. those for years mm-hmm. yeah give me give me a reason folks give me a reason dave how much do you think that twitch sensation swag could sell his farts for <laughs> <laughs> so, so like i'd probably say zero and then it, and then there'd be like a fucking swag line of jars with right. farts in it like fucking branded you know face Phase Clan farts, but it's PH farts. And... No, and it, would, it would be called Lost in the Sauce. Just like <laughs> Swagums. <laughs> uh, we're not getting into oh, Twitch culture today. Maybe some other not time. today. Maybe some other time. But we're coming back here into the new year with a big one. When you go forward, you're going to go back. And we're talking today about Captain N, colon, the Game Master. What a hoot. Ben, this was your pick. That's right. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Over the holidays, I tasked myself with going through boxes and boxes and boxes of old video game consoles and wires and shit like that. And I wanted to to kind of hook some of that stuff back up. So pulled out the Nintendo. Didn't work. Pulled out the secondary Nintendo. Didn't work. Got a new 72-pin connector. Installed that the tertiary Nintendo didn't work. Also didn't work. Um, you need one of those top loaders. Cut my hands up reinstalling the, the connector, but now it works. And I love me some Duck Hunt. And I was going through some of those Nintendo classics, sharing some of those Nintendo classics. And it brought me back to a world where I dreamed that I could be a swimmer running around with a belt buckle that's a controller and a zapper. 
and saving princesses and the world of Captain and the Game Master does it. Could be Captain Ben the Game Master. It could have been. Mm, that could be my cosplay mm. for 2022. New year, new me. No regrets. <laughs> oh, that that's a nice letterman jacket you have there, Ben. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no, this is this is my Captain N cosplay. <laughs> it, Captain Ben. My old letterman jacket. Nine. Did you have a Letterman jacket? I did for Mathletics. Did you? No, of course not. They didn't give us Letterman jackets for that. Did your school have Letterman jackets? Mine did not. Yes. Mine did. I received my letter more than one award ceremony for like participation in different things. What is receiving what, what your is letter? That? What does that mean? Yeah, what is that? So like by being in certain clubs or other things, you would earn like the letter for the fir- the first letter of the high school name. <laughs> and then that was to go on the Letterman jacket. It was the letter. So you could have a Letterman jacket with no letter? I mean, ostensibly a kid could buy that, but like you earned your letter and then you earned different patches that went on your letter. So, like, if you were on a football team or a soccer team, I was in the band, so they gave us, um, like, a lyre, like, the little musical thing, and you could, like, <laughs> was have it that. Was Jim Carrey? Ab- <laughs> God damn it. John Lovitz, perhaps? <laughs> so, that would get, like, yeah, if you yeah, order the, that's the, ticket. the Letterman jacket, Donald Trump. then they would have you mail them the letter and all your patches, and they would embroider your patches onto your letter, and then your letter would get affixed to your jacket. Seems extraordinarily complex. Did you have to do like certain amount of clubs or, or like activities and they would like, you would get like a piece of the letter no. throughout your high school tenure? It was if you showed up for whatever thing, I think it was like one year or one full season of doing something, you got your letter and then you got your little like activity things huh. based on how long you did it. Did you get yours for playing Nintendo? Me? Both of you. I told you I was in the band. You got yours for playing Nintendo. That's great, Jalen. The only thing I got for playing Nintendo was laid constantly. <laughs> <laughs> sorry we left. I'm not sorry we left. Uh, I've started logging my Duck Hunt high scores on the whiteboard in my uh, my office. So some things never change. Anyway, so we've discussed the Mario Brothers Super Show. We've discussed The Legend of Zelda. And Captain N is really the logical conclusion of that just fucking barreling inferno of just let's make a Nintendo show with everything in it, kind of, sort of. Mm -hmm. And the story starts at the magazine Nintendo Power. Now, chances are the Venn diagram of people who know, who listen to this and were devotees of Nintendo Power is probably a perfect circle. But just in case, Nintendo Power was... Started by Nintendo in like 1986, the first issue had Super Mario Brothers 2, but it was Nintendo's way to like control the media. So they had game previews and hints, and if you had high scores, you could take pictures of your TV and send it in and all that shit, and there was advertisements. And if you liked Nintendo, you love Nintendo Power. I love Nintendo Power. It was a Bible. It was the Bible. Is the Bible. Is the Bible. Shailen, how did you feel about Nintendo Power? Um, didn't read it. I would leaf through it if it was present, but I did not have my own subscription. That's fucking pathetic. How sad you must for you. <laughs> I <would> climb trees. <laughs> for me, it was it was that in the WWF magazine. I would climb trees too. I would uh, eat an edible. I'd crack open a N- Nintendo Power, maybe mm-hmm. an Electronic Gaming Monthly. But Nintendo Power, really, the gateway magazine to your game pros and your EGMs and 
all of them long since dead, which is kind of sad, but what can you do? Time. She moves ahead. True enough. There was an editor at Nintendo Power, so a Nintendo employee named Randy Stuttered. And no, Shailen, I don't think he's related to American Idol Season 2 winner Ruben Stuttered. Just want to put that one out there. He had this idea about a character named Captain Nintendo. Captain Nintendo would rival Mother Brain from Metroid, so we'll get back to Mother Brain. But she was a rogue program, so something akin to a Tron or an Agent Smith. Captain Nintendo was a Nintendo employee who could bring Nintendo characters to life. Pretty interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Pretty interesting stuff. Now, the higher-ups at Nintendo took Randy Sutter's idea, and they said, go! And they went to Deke, who did such a marvelous job with the Mario and Zelda cartoons. And they said, use that, that magic Deke touch on our story. And that's how it started. I like this idea of um, translating like video games into like real-life superpowers. I like the idea of a like a meta video game where the character you can play a character and bring him or her into other games. Mm -hmm. The show is awful. Um, Spoiler alert! But uh, (laughs) the like a storyline like they had it. uh, I think it was a comic in the Nintendo Power, where it started off as like a story there, and then like it would have been cool to see that as a game. I don't know how they would translate it back, man. It would fucking blow your mind, man. They could, I bet it could be done now, but um, it'd be cool. Like to go and drop into different video games as this, like this character, maybe not this particular character. No, 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 no. But the idea, the idea of it would be fun. When I was little, like always playing games, like, I mean, that was the joy of it. Like, you know, like, Oh, I could imagine myself like getting into this, getting into Sonic the Hedgehog's world or, or like going down a pipe and sure. like, entering into Mario land or whatever, whatever the fuck it was called. I think that my perspective on video games is very different from yours. And that's like, that's fine. Yeah. Cause you're a girl. You I, don't even Shailen, know. Shailen, don't, don't yuck. Don't yuck my young. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I'm saying it's you're, fine. You're but when I, me. When I play a video game, my thought is always like I am that character and so like I like I'm the one who's transforming and going from game to game and it's a continuity that way where it's like it's oh man profound. I'm really good when I'm Tails but I'm really shitty as as Luigi. Mm-hmm. But like it's almost like a boy in his blob where it's like oh I ate the jelly bean that turns me into Tails and then I'm going to eat a different jelly bean that's going to make me the hunter from Duck Hunt. Like No. I never thought of being You wouldn't be you couldn't be the blob tails and the hunter from duck hunt those are that no that doesn't play because you are holding the gun in duck hunt you see right and so tails is in the he's in the computer oh my god it's in the computer you're, you're intentionally misunderstanding me right no I, I've me? no I was with you until you started talking about a boy in his blob and relating it back to Sonic the Hedgehog so it's like Shaylin can be all the different characters in the game Whoa. That's what I'm saying. That's very profound. So I don't need a Captain N to drop in on them because I am that person going through all these games. That's profound, Titicus. <laughs> the unfortunate thing for Captain N is that this idea of bringing a dude into you know a video game world had already been perfected twice by Tron and also the last Starfighter. So Captain N had some, uh, some big shoes to fill up. Did Kevin Keane fit those shoes? Hmm. I guess we'll find out. However, Tron didn't have licensed property to to jump into, though. No, it it just became one. That was a game within itself. True enough. 
Yeah. So the folks at Deke made a couple of changes. Instead of Captain Nintendo, the Nintendo employee, and doesn't that sound like fun? Nintendo employee? They were turned into a horny teenage varsity swimmer named Kevin Keen. <laughs> they brought in his dog, Duke, because you need a little dog. You had the damsel in distress here, which is the first red flag of the show. Many princess characters in Nintendo games, but the, the fine folks at Deke went with Princess Lana of Video Land. She's not real. No, she's a cartoon character. Mm. We also had our, our band of heroes. An interesting group here. So Mario, of course, created by Shigeru Miyamoto, Zelda, Shigeru Miyamoto. These are own Nintendo characters. On the hero side, the, the warriors of Video Land, you had Kid Icarus. Now, this is bullshit. And this is, it probably won't bother you, Sean, but it makes me mad. Okay. Because Kid Icarus is the game. The character's name is Pit. Right. He looks like a little, yeah. he's a little Cupid and he sounds like, we'll, we'll talk much more about Kid Icarus and what he sounds like later. I don't want to get into it yet. He sounded like how I imagine like a terminal disease would sound if it had a sound. <laughs> you know what? I'll just get it out now. We'll talk more about it later. He sounded like yeah. the cherubic Brooklyn-based version of Fantastic Max. <laughs> 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 well, we'll come back to that later. Fair. So you had this cherubic character who was on by Nintendo. You had Mega Man. Now, Mega Man is a Capcom character, stars in his own line of games, actually several lines of games, but Mega Man is like a little robot dude who shoots, um, he shoots like little balls. Mega Man's a great game. Here, they made him like a foot and a half tall, and he's, he sounds like a little rascal. I yeah. think that they were going for like munchkins from Wizard of Oz thing. There's, there's a Wizard of Oz theme for sure. Yeah. But still, not very cool. You also had Simon Belmont from the Konami-owned Castlevania. Now, Castlevania is probably the first uh, instance of a horror-based game. So you're going around. I, it's it's a stretch, but you're going around. You're hunting Dracula. You're fighting monsters. Very badass. Here, Simon Belmont is like a preening doofus. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what was what was telling was um you had sent us the the link to watch the video and and um I was like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna research it first. I'm gonna look into this first. And so you I'm reading through the Wikipedia article and I'm hovering over the links to all the characters. And I can see the Nintendo renditions of Simon <laughs> Belmont and Pip and Mega Man. And I was like, oh cool. And then you get like Simon Belmont especially, he's like this badass they've got like an anime style for him in this 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 illustration. He just looks so cool. And then I watched the cartoon and it's this like Robert Zadar looking motherfucker who, who is just <laughs> a, a pretty boy and um, absolutely useless. That's not Castlevania. What the hell? I didn't actually know who he was the entire time I watched the show until I looked it up on Wikipedia and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> the guy who what? eats the, the legs of meat <laughs> to get help. That's our guy. So that those are your heroes. Later on, the Legend of Zelda characters would show up. In the second season, they would get an anthropomorphic Game Boy that was named Game Boy. Okay. Vo right. Voiced by Frank Walker. Game Boy himself. That crossover with Zelda must have been the worst, like the most annoying episode of television. I mean, I don't know how it couldn't have been, but yeah. uh, it's yeah. a story for another day. So our main villains here, the sort of big, big bad, the, the Dr. Claw, if you will, is Mother Brain from metroid so again that's a nintendo property 
Mother Brain is who the the bounty hunter Samus Aran hunts. Metroid, great series. New one just came out a few months ago. Wonderful time. Samus Aran, not in the series. We're going to come back to that in a minute here. Okay. You also had Eggplant Wizard, who at least is a villain from Kid Icarus. Dr. Wily, who's a villain from Mega Man. And then King Hippo from the boxing game Punch-Out. But blue. And grotesque. Yeah, (laughs) nightmare looking. Tickle bitties on that one. Just a real, oh boy, yeah, yeah, he's he's a mess. He retired from boxing and then just devoted his life to eating Cheese Whiz. Mm -hmm. Could be. Yeah. If Cheese Whiz was blue, he's like a Smurf. Yeah. (laughs) The animators were like, give him bigger nipples. Bigger. (laughs) Even bigger. His movies can't be big enough. It can't sway enough. But, so you had whole scores of others. So in a sense, this is like the first MCU. You know what I mean? The first connected universe. Similar to the MCU, we can talk about the casting debates, debates whether they nailed these characters. Come back to that in a little bit. They did not. Um, no, we actually, we don't need to debate it. They, they didn't, but we will talk about <laughs> it more. Uh, Saban and Levy did background music on season one, which is nice. The original airing of the show Uh, We didn't get it here, but the original airing had some licensed music. So this episode that we're going to talk about had uh, the song from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly Hmm. during the shootout scene. And then while Kevin and the princess are in the caverns of Metroid or whatever the fuck, Bob Seger's Shakedown is playing. Weird. A little weird. (laughs) A little weird, you guys. So this particular show ran for two seasons on its own, and then it had kind of a third season that wasn't it's the licensing is weird, but there's a third season that aired alongside of the Super Mario Three cartoon. And as for the modern day, the uh, the British actor and director Noel Clark mm. had expressed interest in doing a live action Captain N. Yes, I went down this rabbit hole as well. <laughs> but then he was accused of sexual harassment by 26 women. So uh, the Captain Whoops. Captain N live movie collateral damage. Not not the best <laughs> name to. Uh... To associate yourself with when you're the Captain N property. Not so much. Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) So the episode we're talking about is the very first episode. It's called uh, Kevin in Videoland. And I'm not talking Kevin McAllister, Shalom. This is Kevin Keen. Okay? Kevin Keen. That's right. Noted. And it was written by industry veteran Jeffrey Scott, who wrote for, and Kendall will enjoy this, many versions of the Super Friends. He wrote for the Plastic Man cartoon. Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, Pac-Man, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. And this is where I want to loop back to Samus Aran a little bit. So Samus is the hero character from the series Metroid. Iconic Nintendo character. She's a, a woman who wears like a yellow and red like suit. She's a bounty hunter. She's a real stoic badass. And in the original Metroid game, uh, when you would get hit, you would lose the suit, and she would be like in a weird bikini, and people were like, "Oh, that's that's a woman." Oh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of people oh, would do that. That's right. Uh, Samus uh, who disgustingly were you with <laughs> <laughs> who wasn't I playing with? Um, oh, get her hit again. <laughs> the Samus character disgustingly oversexualized by the video game community, just in a weird, weird, gross kind of way. But so she's not in the cartoon. There was an accompanying comic where Samus shows up, and instead of being a stoic badass, she's a hornball who competes with Princess Lana for Kevin's affections. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, that checks out in terms of like the video games, like circles. So this relates back to Jeffrey Scott. At one point, someone asked Jeffrey Scott why the main villain of Metroid was in the cartoon, but not the hero. And this man was so disengaged from the source material that he said he'd never heard of her. Oh. (laughs) So you may wonder as we go through this show why this comes off like nobody has any reverence or knows one fucking thing about the source. And that's probably why. I didn't have to hear that or read it like I did (laughs) to know that they didn't know anything about these cartoons or uh, these video games. (laughs) I remember, I'm sure I watched this as a kid. I remember watching it. I don't remember if I found it as fucking irritating as I did here. Probably not, but that's how it goes sometimes. I remember seeing it and being very upset over how the storylines didn't match the games that I had played. Mm -hmm. That doesn't come up here. What do you (laughs) mean? (laughs) All right. So uh, this particular gem aired on September 9th, 1989. Why don't you blow that cartridge and put it in that context machine? What were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. All right. 1989, folks. Amazing year. Maybe the best year? Potentially the best year. Maybe. So, top movies in the box office this particular week. Number one, Uncle Buck. Ooh. Great film. Great movie. I was just listening to uh, the soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> sure. And... <laughs> Just a couple days ago, and uh, dancing to the music he sings when um, he's making breakfast for the kids. Man, what a delightful movie that is. Uh, Number two, Parenthood. Okay. Number three, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Kickboxer. Nice. Great movie. Now, 1989, also the year of The Little Mermaid, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Tim Burton's Batman, and... And this was just a few months before the release of the the ultimate Nintendo property, The Wizard, the 90-minute feature-length commercial for Super Mario Brothers 3, which would release in February of 1990. Okay. The Fred Savage vehicle. That's correct. That's correct. On the television front, shows that were going off the air in 1989 were Dynasty, Moonlighting, Family Ties, Miami Vice. But on the, the good news, 1989 did bring us Seinfeld. Also, Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Oh. So that's two shows that started in 1989 where the main character had a pause mechanic. Coincidence? I think not. 1989 also brought us the releases of the Nintendo Game Boy, which would show up in Captain N just a, just a year later, and the Sega Genesis, and also the McDonald's Pizza. The McPizza debuted in 1989. How'd that go? poorly <laughs> i remember <laughs> having it in canada a good 15 years after that but oh <laughs> it's like what's a worse idea the mcdonald's pizza or the mcdonald's lobster roll the pizza i don't know why i i just like picture this like rubbery lukewarm gross monstrosity of a pizza <laughs> yeah i always picture the mcdonald's pizza as having lettuce on it and i don't know why but I do. <laughs> like, no, thank you. It's just got full hamburger patties uh, put uh, on top of it. That sounds uh, kind of good. Like, yeah. I would eat that. So let's get into it. There's not a song per se here. There's a really long opening. I grabbed a little of it. Or a lot of it. 
Welcome to Video Land. Mega High! Wake up, Kid Icarus! Welcome to Castle Deep! It's Congo Land! Just a complete mess to begin with. No, what do you mean? <laughs> that 30 seconds, it's like watching modern day wrestling. There's just a camera cut every half second. There's a million <laughs> characters. Nothing makes any sense whatsoever. The fucking disaster. A yeah. cacophony. It's yeah. almost like the people who made this cartoon looked at like the wall inside of a video game store mm. and they were like, all right, we want one of those, one of those, one of those, <laughs> one of those, one of those. And they shook it up in a salad shaker, salad spinner. And then that was your opening. A what? What are you talking about? You're spinner. really out there today. A what? <laughs> Carrying that over. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> so we see our hero character during the opening here, uh, Kevin Keen. He's a, a boy. Now, interestingly, they cast a dude for this live action part. He doesn't voice the character in the cartoon. Like, which is great. <laughs> why, why? Why? Like his? Well, he didn't talk. His voice sucked. Yeah, but like, does did the voice actor like not look the part? Like, you just need a kid. I, I, I don't know. You need a sexed up kid. Yeah. In my version of the story, I want to see. I want to see Samus in zero suit. I feel like they recorded all of the audio for the cartoon first, and mm. then they were like, oh, to establish that this is like a real life person, we actually have to do like live action stuff too. Okay. That's my theory. Yeah, all right, all right. Because it's, it's so good. slapped in there. It's not part of the plot. It's just. <laughs> I want to talk more about this Kevin character and how he gets sucked into video land, but we'll put a pin in that till we actually get there. So we open up and we hear that there's been a war going on in video land for many years. Mother Brain has the Palace of Power under siege. Now, isn't that from like He-Man or She-Ra? Is there a Palace of Power in She-Ra? She's a Princess of Power. Princess of Power. Gray Skulls in He-Man. I'm not sure what's in She-Ra, though. Is it the Palace of Power? I don't think it's called the Palace of Power. It sounds familiar, though. Anyway, we talked about the Wizard of Oz theme, and that comes through here when uh, you get the literal song from the Winkies. you're coming in here and you're meeting the bad guys. And this cartoon does one of my favorite early episode cartoon things where the first thing you see is all of the main characters grouped together and they're all (laughs) just named instantaneously. So I think this is mother brain. You're going to hear talking. This is the first dialogue. Who's too strong for them? King hippo. Uh, uh, You, you're too strong for them. Mother brain. <laughs> What's so funny, eggplant wizard? So let's talk about Feed these, me, Seymour. <laughs> yes. these characters for a minute here. So King Kippo, we've talked about some, but in the video game Punch-Out, he's a pink guy. He's a big fat guy, kind of barrel chested. He's got an X and band-aids on his tummy because that's his weak spot. Here he is blue and grotesque and mooby. Not cool. Mooby. That's right. Hashtag mooby. You got the eggplant wizard, who <laughs> is a very funny-looking character. He's a cyclops eggplant with a cape, and when he falls down, vegetables fall out of him. Little did they know that he would be a f- 
overused emoji in, uh, in about <laughs> 25 years from then. Surprisingly, Eggplant Wizard, maybe the most true-to-life character in the entire show. I was going to say, I like Eggplant not, Wizard. It's really not off. Then you have Mother Brain. So in the, the Metroid video game, and not to get pedantic here, Mother Brain is this really smart, foreboding alien character. What she is here is a brainstem with an enormous mouth who... I don't know. I, I don't, not I, smart. I'm not smart. I don't even know how else to describe this character. It's just weird. It's your typical 80s cartoon villain where they're like, you know, they look, well, I don't think Mother Brain looked cool, but like, you know, they've got a, what a, the an, interest, an interesting, I know, hot take. <laughs> they have an interesting character design, but when you start to see them, you know, act out their evil plans, they're just bumbling morons. Cobra Commander. Yeah. Skeletor. Yeah. Uh, um, Hans Gruber. <laughs> Hordak. Uh, <laughs> general. Oh, God. General. Oh, God. What was the general from um, Rambo? Oh, oh, oh. Bad guy. Uh, Hawk? Warhawk? General, general Warhawk. That's the one. Warhawk. Yeah. Warhawk. So there you go. But it's not only the villains who are bumbling idiots, it's also the heroes. So you, you meet the villains and then you get the mirror scene with the heroes. And listen to this. I'm afraid we can't hold out much longer. Kid Icarus, your loyalty has never diminished. Just doing my duty, your Heineckus. Mega Man, you fought bravely and well. (laughs) A pleasure to serve you, your worship. Simon, you've been our anchor in a long and terrible storm. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Scarecrow, I never could have made it without your brains. Tin Man, your heart. Let's talk about these characters, too. So Princess Lana is kind of a generic-looking princess. She's just a very attractive woman with, like, a high skirt. I don't know if she's a woman. I don't know if she's flowered or not. Um, (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Season four, I think, gets into that. Yeah, yeah. The Um, unproduced. Kid Icarus, we've talked about. He's got rosy cheeks. He's flying around. He doesn't have a shirt on. Uh, he a looks mop like a red hair. Like a child. He looks like the bully's sidekick from um, Christmas Story. Yep. Like that, <laughs> That's like, accurate. <laughs> Who, Grover Dill? <laughs> That's the one. Talk about Grover Dill. Mega Man, we've talked about. The things that bother me about Mega Man in this show are, are too much to count, but Mega Man is classically blue. Here he's wearing green. He sounds like that kid from the movie Jack with the big glasses. Jack's <laughs> Todd <friend>. Bosley. <laughs> Why is everybody always oh, picking, picking on me? Just fucking terrible. And then Simon Belmont, he's, he's actually more likable than most of them. I just like that she commends Kid Icarus for his loyalty. <laughs> cool. You didn't do anything actually good, but you didn't leave. So I guess that's Thanks for your good. blind loyalty. You sure didn't defect to the other team. God, she's such a Trump. <laughs> so Lana is hanging out. Uh, Simon Belmont clearly has the hots for Lana. He's going in for the smooch while she's distracted. But then all of a sudden, they start hearing a deep voice. And they look over. And I don't know if they knew this thing was there, but it's a literal NES power glove. And it's glowing and it's shining. It's a wonderful thing. Here's what the power glove has to say. There are powers beyond those of which you are familiar. The legend of Video Land foretells of a young warrior from another land. And they're, they're all just looking at this glowing glove. This fucking, I, I was like shaking my head at this. Like, I hate 
every cartoon does this. Oddly enough, another video game one did it with it was like the third Sonic cartoon that we watched with with the Oracle, <laughs> and he would oh, the the prophecy foretells of. It was just like this fake high fantasy language that like they're just it's uh, I don't know it's it's cliche it's a little lazy it it irks me chafes me so I should stop calling you every morning and saying as the prophecy foretells <laughs> oh, no no keep doing that it's the prophecy uh, the prophecy foretells that you shall shower and brush your teeth young lad <laughs> wear your shoes or terrible things will happen. <laughs> I was born in the darkness. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting progressively vainier. <laughs> um, hey, you merely adopted it. So the Nintendo Power Glove, we'll take a step back here. Video game consoles, famous for peripherals, so little add-on things. The Power Glove was a literal glove that you would wear on your hand with like a Nintendo controller on it. So the idea was that it would kind of motion control, kind of the precursor to the Nintendo Wii. But it didn't really work, and you ended no. up having to use like the controls on the glove. So it's just a piece of shit. But it looked cool. It, it was a lo- hard to hold controller. It did look cool. The only master of the power glove to go back to the, the Fred Savage, Lucas Haas vehicle, the wizard is uh, the main guy, Lucas, the main bad guy. He fucking kicked ass with the power glove. That's true. Have I talked oh, about yeah. eight big Christmas on this show? I don't think so. All right. No, For, give, give me, give me two minutes to talk about this fucking movie. There was a new Christmas movie that came out on HBO Max called 8-Bit Christmas, and it had Neil Patrick Harris as the adult version of a kid who all he wanted for Christmas was a Nintendo. So I was like, oh, is it like Christmas Story? Is it like Jingle All the Way? And the answer was it was really neither. And the movie was not great, folks. Uh, It's Steve Zahn as Neil Patrick Harris's dad. As a man who only knew how to yell. He only yells. You can't yell enough, Steve. But here's the thing about the movie that bothers me. The audience for 8-Bit Christmas is clearly adults in our age range, uh, you know, 30s, who had Nintendos and had a lot of nostalgia for it. Folks that would know what it was like to get a Nintendo back then. So people who had Cabbage Patch dolls they played with. We'll we'll get back to Cabbage Patch dolls. Cabbage Patch dolls, too. Cabbage Patch Balls. Cabbage Patch Balls. Oh, for serious, it's Samus. Not the point. Poke 52 is here. But if you're going to make that kind of movie, you got to get the details right. And 8-Bit Christmas didn't even come fucking close. So it started when him and his daughter are playing... You know what? That's too pedantic a point. I'll get back to that at the end. That's that's a minor point that only bothers (laughs) uh, (laughs) AV nerds. But so one of the big points of the movie is it's 1989. And... There's somehow in 1989, after the NES had been around for five years or thereabouts, there's only one kid in the entire neighborhood who has a Nintendo, and they all go to his house every day to like pay tribute. Now, Nintendo pretty widely available in 1989 for what it's worth, but they said, oh, it's he's got the brand new thing. It's the new hotness. They didn't say new hotness. That's, that's a me. He got the power glove, and I was like, wait a minute. The power glove didn't come out then. The power glove came out in 1988. So they, so they couldn't even get that right. And then when they're using the Power Glove, they're playing a Nintendo game that doesn't exist. It was just a fake thing that they made up to get to why, the next why part would of the movie. Why would they have to do that? <laughs> Licensing. No. I know. So no, I, that's not the, true. The whole fucking movie's about Nintendo. Like, they couldn't find a game that they could license to. And then Nintendos were difficult to get. It drove me up a tree. They also had... They were on the hunt for Cabbage Patch dolls, which were big in, like, 1983. So, like... Just 
lazy, lazy stuff. Now the it was like it was like a someone in their twenties wrote yeah. a movie about someone in their forties. Exactly, childhood. it felt that way. Exactly yeah. what it was. So the minor point that won't won't bother anybody but me. They go to his parents' house and they have his old Nintendo um, with his old Nintendo games, and they're playing on a CRT, so like an old timey TV. But then they show it. And it's like, it's a flat screen and it's like, it's perfectly crisp. So there's no, no scan lines. It's all bad. It's not curved. It's not curved. It's not what you yeah. want. So now for what it's worth. Now, this is the thing that, that bothered me above all else. Every year, some fucking bullshit literati, literati, Illuminati Hollywood thing comes out with the blacklist, which is the hottest unproduced screenplays. Mm-hmm. That fucking movie was on the blacklist. That movie with its lazy fucking non-research bullshit. <laughs> I have to believe that the people who passed on the script recognized that about it and they were like, no, you need to do some more research and get actual dates in here. Yeah. No, that wasn't what was happening in this year. And then Netflix <laughs> Fine, was like, fuck it. <laughs> I, I think like a lot of those scripts, they're blacklisted. Probably maybe some of them are bad, but like I think they don't get the the treatment they they deserve. Um, like they don't get a polish afterwards. Like they're just like we're gonna we're gonna dust this off and just start filming it. Um, that happens a lot with other movies. I can't think of any right now. But like after the writer's strike, mm-hmm. it happened to a bunch of movies. They just like we're like, well, we need movies. Let's let's just produce them. Don't look at the script. Quantum of Solace was a big victim <laughs> of that. It's a little, I think Star Trek Into Darkness was the victim of that. Maybe yeah, a little bit. Yes, the movie felt yes, underwritten. Yes. Anyway, yes. So Eat Christmas. I guess it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it is what it is. Anyway. When you have dementia, you're going to love it because you won't remember what year is what. <laughs> That's so sad. It'll be fine. So let's let's continue. What? Whoa. <laughs> let's continue. You'll feel better about it. I'm saying the world will improve. I'm trying to get us on the tracks. Behold, the <laughs> ultimate warp zone. <laughs> so the ultimate warp zone opens. And now we see and Kevin. You're in a bit the movie <laughs> with the no Patrick <laughs> We go, we go to live action Kevin, and he's playing Punch Out. So he's he's fighting against King Hippo, and I noticed he was doing quite badly, but he was having a great time. He, had a blast. he was holding the controller, and he's like he's jamming all back and forth. And then you hear like Kevin, take out the trash. Oh, I'm your overbearing mom. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, what a cliche! It, like, right? But kids playing a video game on TV is like a media pet peeve of mine. Like, how, how do you not know how to hold a controller and press buttons? And you're not like moving like, all over the place. Yeah, like who does that? Unless you're playing Mario Kart. Yeah, <laughs> in that case, it works. So the TV explodes, and that's dangerous. Um, those old TVs exploding be a big problem for you. CRTs, crazy, <laughs> Kevin. In his stupid Letterman jacket, he gets blown backwards, and he's surrounded by just horrible animated purple lightning. Just, just Palpatine lightning? But, like, a really it's bad, worse. cheap version of Palpatine yeah. lightning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's going like, oh! But then, <laughs> so he gets sucked into the TV, as does his dog, Duke. So he's in the TV now, and all of a sudden, this, like, green, hairless CGI man comes out, looking like yeah. fucking Longmore Man. <laughs> was this Kevin trying to escape? I don't know. Who was this? I don't know what that was. Alien Man. Is that a crossover to Lawnmower Man 2, Job's War? <laughs> Perhaps. Coming up in March, folks, the <laughs> our month-long review of Lawnmower Man 2. Job's War. Matt Frewer. Now we're in video land. Kevin is now an animated guy, and he goes from 
not accepting the situation to accepting the situation immediately. You guys aren't real. You're just so many computer bites in my game cartridges. Wow, they're real. <laughs> You're not uh, real. Uh, acting. And somehow he recognizes those characters. Now, I grant you, you might have recognized Pitt. You might have looked at Mega Man and been like, that's not right. I don't know that he, I would have recognized Simon Belmont based off of the generic man that he is here. I would not have. I, I did not for the whole episode. Are you from a mountain climbing game I haven't played before? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but then, so he looks over at animated Lana and he's like, buddy, he's <laughs> horned up for this girl. Fucking immediately. <laughs> but then she's trying to explain to him the situation. This was very funny. The ultimate warp zone brought you here. You mean like warp zone four and super Mario brothers? Something like that. Poor Kevin has no chance with Lana whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to explain a serious situation like warp zone four and mario brothers and you could just hear the disgust see this rank through, like this, this is a lot of interactions between me and girls and women sure as i was trying to date yeah hey have you played resident evil 4 before <laughs> anyway it's, it's definitely canon you know in mario kart 64 you can jump the track in rainbow road and like you jump way down you get a big lead there's it's kind of like really that great. it's kind of like that in in uh in the in, in the first first level of Mario, when you're when you're down below, you can um uh you can jump up on the on the ceiling and, and find the pipes, and uh it's, it's pretty cool. Anyway, you wanna you wanna watch me solve some Tomb Raider puzzles? <laughs> Maybe we can get some TJ Fridays. We'll look for Zero Suit Samus. So you make out? <laughs> so Lana is explaining the plight of Video Land. Video Land is a fucking terrible name. Just call it Nintendo Land, for God's sake. Yeah. It would have been better. It would have been better. It's not, I mean, it's not like Game Land. Like, Video Land. It could have been like just a bunch of VHS tapes. I don't know. I don't know. It's a bad name. Folks, hit us up with your better name for Video Land. Uh, hashtag Video Land. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired. Let me be. So she's explaining that this prophecy and that... <laughs> Kevin, this teenage boy, is going to save all the video land. And he's like, I got to go home and take out the trash, your hotness. So then Lana sobs and leaves. She takes like a, a piece of light up into an upper floor. So now Kevin's left with the other warriors. And as will happen, when men get together, the testosterone starts, starts flowing. You will only hope would you let it down. You get a low score for this game. Oh, Father, the legend has failed us. <laughs> He'd been there for about 30 seconds, mind you. Hello, yes, you have to be part of a mission that you don't understand to save people you don't know. No. And then the flying baby. Oh, also, and, you're in a video failed game. Us. The flying baby and the dwarf yell at him, and the, the princess just sobs and gives up immediately. <laughs> now, do, do they know they're in a video game? Like, I, I know Kevin knows he's in a video game. I think so. But do they know? Because like Mega Man said that game overline, I was like, and I for a moment I was like, wait, are they? You got a low score. Are, yeah, are they like? It sounds like Ned from, uh, <laughs> from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, bitch? Um, yeah, a low score. Yeah, I don't know. I I would buy that they know that they're in a video game because I don't know. <laughs> okay. Why not? Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to go. Too I, don't far have, I don't have a better it, reason yeah. for it. Then there's just an interminable scene, I didn't grab anything from this, where Mother Brain 
sends King Hippo and Eggplant Wizard to kidnap Lana. I summed up the scene in about 10 seconds. They take about two and a half minutes to do it there. It's, it's fucking bad. Here's a little more Kid Icarus. Poor princess. She's very much Upsedicus. <laughs> God. What the fuck were they thinking with this character? First of all, doity, doity diapers. They thought it would be really funicus. <laughs> he ends every line with a kiss, like, and not like a, but just a, an ickus. Like, what are we doing? My diaper's full of shit ickus. Oh, it's awful. Oh, man. <laughs> it's fucking bad. Holy shit. He can suck a dicket, dickitus. Dicket, God. Did dick a kiss? Dick Ooh, a kiss. That sounds disgusting. That's too mm. far. Uh, on dicks. So Belmont is going to go, Sam Belmont's going to go cheer up Lana. And then Kevin is sitting on the throne with Duke. And he's like, oh shit, I got to, she knows how to get home. I got to get home. Then we're with King Hippo and his fucking enormous pepperoni nipples and um, eggplant wizard in a hallway. They put Simon in a sack and then send him into like a pipe that makes a Mario sound. So. There's just no consistency. It didn't in this make world. a lot of sense. It didn't make a lot of a lot of sense. We did get my favorite line of the episode here. This is eggplant wizard. I'm just an incompetent vegetable. Mm, true enough, aren't we all? So <laughs> Kevin shows up at the the room where Lana's being kidnapped, and he just goes, "It's me, Kevin." <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Like in a world where the characters' names are like Mega Man and King Hippo. Kevin. Kevin. No wonder they had to nickname him <laughs> Captain N because there was just no. It's true. If he's going to be Captain N, have it be like Nick. Wouldn't that have worked better? Yeah. Or any name that starts with the letter N. Yeah. yeah. Or it could have been like Nick. It could have been like Kev dash N. Kevin. Okay. Captain Kev dash N. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of a mouthful, but that works. Kevin. Whatever. So then Kevin uses the the zapper to shoot down the door because I guess his Nintendo controller can do that, and. He is looking at the two villains now, and Lana is wrapped in a rug, and they're going to shoot like eggplants and vegetables at him. So what Kevin does is he looks down at his belt buckle Nintendo controller, and he hits a button on it, and it makes him move fast. Now, how he would have known (laughs) that that would happen, I'm not sure. They certainly didn't explain it to him, but he knew, and... Wow, this super power pad's too cool. Hmm, I think he might have seen Zero Suit Samus. Let's listen to that one more time. Wow, this super power pad's too cool. Yikes. Cool. Guy's <laughs> gushing. Holy moly. So Eggplant Wizard challenges him to a quick draw. This is where the song from the good, the bad, and the ugly would have come up. So Kevin's going to draw his zapper. Eggplant Wizard's going to draw a banana. Kevin loses and loses badly, by the way. Yeah, he's not good. <laughs> he gets encased in a banana. So Duke gets him out of the banana in like a second, but that's enough time for everybody to disappear. So Kevin's by himself. He's failed. Kevin goes downstairs to warn Kid Icarus and Mega Man, who are just piling things in front of a door. Were they trying to protect the palace? Is that? I thought so. Is that their barricade? I, what the hell are they doing? I don't know. They're like these superpowered beings these protagonists in these games you've played and they're just like i'm gonna put shit in front of a door well because they're underdogs and they're losing right now they are underdogs and so yeah no i I thought that they were trying to like protect okay i guess that's the only logical thing but anyway here's more kid icarus we'll start searching immediately 
Listen, if the baby voice and the Brooklyn thing wasn't enough, what if sometimes he just like screeched as well? Oh, I thought he was hitting puberty. Immediately a kiss. What if he sounded like nails on a chalkboard? Oh, just fucking brutal. I remembered hating Mega Man the most. Really? Kid Icarus. What? Boy, overtook that in about three and a half seconds. Maybe it's because Mega Man (laughs) doesn't talk too much in this episode. And Mm. when he does, he's saying, you got a low score. Yeah, go to New York, get a slice. (laughs) Gonna warp over to the pizza place. Simon shows back (laughs) up. Everybody's arguing. And then Kevin learns another fantastic new power. Hit the pause, guys. No wonder Video Land's losing the war. These guys are just fighting themselves. Hit the pause, guys. So he I hits, thought he said hit the pud. <laughs> pull the pud, guys. Yeah. Relaxes you. So he hits the pause button on his controller, which is actually not a pause button. It's a start button, but it usually paused games. Select also worked. And it does the save by the bell thing where just everybody freeze frames. Now, remember this power. Because it comes back later in not this way at all. But the point is that he can pause things that happen in video land. This controller, holy crap. It does a lot. It is, it's a controller of convenience. <laughs> and it's also the, 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 the controller of the plot's convenience because it can work and not work whenever the writer feels like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The pause works and it gets the heroes kind of on the same page and... Simon pulls out a map and him and Kevin are arguing about which way to go to Metroid. So the the map of Video Land, it's just a mess of like letters and intersecting ovals. <laughs> it's really not a map in any particular way. It looks like shit. But here's where the episode falls apart. <laughs> right here. Up to now, completely coherent. But here, <laughs> they're arguing about the best warp zones to get to Metroid. And... There's a warp zone right here that'll take us directly to her. No, I won't. I beg your pardon. Look, I've played this game a hundred times. Okay. So we're to believe that Kevin is some kind of video game savant, right? And he talks about playing this game. Now, when it's on the surface, you go, oh, he knows the games. What the fuck game is he talking about? That there's a warp zone to get you from a palace to metroid like that doesn't make any sense it doesn't matter it, it doesn't does matter. matter it does matter all the time what matters here is that he is arguing with a dude who is every horrible mansplainy dude that i've ever <laughs> dealt with in my whole life and at this point in the episode my brain was just like no fuck this fuck all you're, this you're, noise so you were rooting for kevin here i was yeah. And I didn't care if he was right or wrong. What I cared about was that the asshole who didn't know insisted on his correctness. And as we'll see, I was right to hate him. That's true. This is the point where Ben tells you you're wrong for having that opinion. <laughs> you are wrong, and here's why. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Simon, they go Simon's way. He tricks him with a two-headed coin. I'm going to zip through a bunch of stuff here. They go through the warp. And Kevin clearly doesn't want to go, but they go through the warp and it doesn't send them to Metroid. It sends them to Congo land, fucking Congo land, where they run into Donkey Kong, who is approximately one mile tall and he has the face of a man. He's just really enjoying sitting down. Folks, if you don't know Donkey Kong, picture King Kong. There you go. This had nothing to do with Michael Crichton's Congo, which was (laughs) fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Amy Monkey. (laughs) She has a drink. It's it's delightful. So Donkey Kong in the 90s would get kind of a makeover. He would 
They'd be more animated and friendly. He'd get a tie. He'd get a whole family. Very charming. Here, they enter Congo Land through a big shower head, and Donkey Kong is just sitting in the tub with a shower cap on, and he's wearing a towel that says DK that's covering his wang. It would be inappropriate for him to not cover it. Yeah, if he was it's if he was hanging Don, that would be a real problem. Donkey Kong famous for hanging Don. The original name uh, the character was Conky Dong. <laughs> <laughs> they changed that in the U.S. Um, let's meet Donkey Kong. All right, you've met Donkey Kong. So they get in this fucking long fight with Donkey Kong where Kid Icarus shoots an arrow to make coconuts fall. Donkey Kong catches Kid Icarus. Kevin uses his controller to hit a button and he goes, jump! And he jumps up, he saves Kid Icarus. The warp that they got in is now gone. And then Kevin looks at a volcano and says, ah, ah, I have an idea. And then there's like a piranha plant that kind of looks like from Mario, but it's not. So they're not. In, they're stuck in Congo land. I just covered about six minutes of the cartoon. Lana is now in Metroid. She gets sucked into a tower. Just covered about three more minutes of the cartoon. Now, our heroes are back. We're in Congo land. They have climbed this volcano, which is active and spewing lava. That seems like a problem for our characters. Do they not know the story of Pompeii, Shailen? I don't think they do, Ben. Okay. I mean, they don't even know how a warp works, and they're in a fucking video game-based world. So the majority of the team are going, hey, hey Kevin, hey, I'm nuts. What the hell are you doing? We can't get out. There's no warp zones around here. How does Kevin respond? Look, I've played Donkey Kong enough times to know what I'm doing. Trust me. Simon was right. <laughs> okay. Let me explain Donkey Kong. I assume the majority of folks have seen The King of Kong. You'll get the gist, but... The Tell idea... us about the big volcano that the Donkey Kong game. <laughs> I, I can't because that one doesn't exist. And, oh. And Donkey Kong, you play as a, a version of Mario, and you start at the bottom of the screen, and you're using hammers and ladders and staircases to climb to the top and save the princess. Never in Donkey Kong is there a volcano that blasts boulders out. So <laughs> maybe Kevin did play a lot of Donkey Kong. I don't know. I don't know how their current situation would have impacted that whatsoever. Perhaps he thought that just his experience of knowing the patterns to avoid the barrels would be enough to avoid anything. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I just, it just, it's irksome. Again, when you're writing to an audience of children who understand what Donkey Kong is, to be like, yeah, I don't know. He's a fucking gorilla. I don't know. Volcano. Or, or all these properties that they're that they're writing for. Yeah, they're like, all bastardized pretty bad. Yeah. It kind of sucks. It's not... I think it's more egregious than... I, I really hated that Zelda cartoon we watched. <laughs> but, like, it's more egregious than that because, like, you're just doing it to four video game properties instead of just the one. And they would right. do it to many, many more. So... Yeah. Let me explain Kevin's plan to you. From time to time, this volcano active volcano shooting lava also shooting out boulders which are somehow not lava or hot at all i guess when you pause them they you pause like the chemical reaction that's going on that makes them hot hmm. i guess so uh, so all those yeah <laughs> so here's kevin's plan he's encouraging his friends to get closer to the edge of the volcano so that they can they can do something and then kevin hits the pause button and he grabs a boulder and he climbs on top real fast. And Kid Icarus is like, I don't want to kiss. And Mega Man's like, oh, dirty diapers. But they <laughs> jump on the boulders too. <laughs> the pause doesn't affect them this time, only the boulders. Also not Donkey Kong, apparently. 
Simon does not do the pause, but he does have his magical Castlevania whip, which he uses to get on a boulder, and they escape Donkey Kong. Now, the trajectory of the boulders, they were shooting out at great velocity and kind of heading in an arcing pattern, right? Like what goes up must come down. Sure. Except in this case, because they ride these fucking boulders <laughs> just like on a complete horizontal flat plane all the way into Metroid. Like, I don't know what direction Metroid is from Congo land, but it's almost as if these boulders were like horses that they were riding. around. <laughs> <laughs> well, playing a lot of platformers or having played a lot of platformers, yeah. th- that makes sense. Cause there's the, a lot of moving this, platforms. There's always those things that move like back and forth. That's left right. To right. That's yeah. Right. But eventually they get to Metroid and. Hey guys, this is where we get off. Pause. Whoa! Have a coin noise, why not? So they're in Metroid. <laughs> they know where Lana is because somehow she can lean out a window and just she's just like waving furiously at them. Simon is like, I will save the princess. And Kevin says, come on, we got to be a team, Simon. But but then Simon leaves and he falls into a toilet. Sorry, Captain Nuisance, but no one shall come between Princess Lana and her loving Simon Belmont. This warp zone will take me straight into her arms. So he's in a he's in a toilet now. Um, <laughs> Kevin he should be previously could jump really high, but this time he has Mega Man throw him up to the tower where he lands. He meets Lana. They're in like a weird, fucking awkward embrace. They're having a very stilted conversation. Kid Icarus and Mega Man show up seconds later, but then whose voice do they hear? But the person that they would want to hear from the Lee Shalen. Who it's is me. it? Me. No, it is you. Just kidding. What were you doing there? That's so weird. I'm defensive about the cartoon because it was my my pride and joy. So weird. We'll see just how good you are when you try to survive the corridors of Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> the corridors of Metroid. Um, my very, favorite very level. Famous. Yeah, the, the corridors. Came back in Metroid Dread. <laughs> so the floor drops out. Lana and Kevin dr- drop in. They fight, I think, like six monsters total. There's moving platforms. It's the closest thing to a video game if written by a person who didn't know what a video game was. True. It's the, it's the only thing I can really say about it. The background music's pretty good. Uh, Sh- Saban and Levy did a good job. A little hit of that. It's a nice four-second riff. Unfortunately, it's a nice four-second riff repeated 30 or 40 times. So, Is that all? Gets a little tiring. So somehow... <laughs> The pathway of the corridors of Metroid leads Lana and Kevin directly to Mother Brain's lair, which seems like a bad plan by Mother Brain. Not that smart, I guess, but something befalls Kevin that I certainly wasn't expecting. It doesn't sound like he was either. He takes out his blaster. He goes to dematerialize Mother Brain because you can't kill a Nintendo. But what happens? Huh? I'm out of power. What? What? <laughs> we had we had the same reaction, Kevin and I. <laughs> we needed to figure out how Kevin got out of this situation earlier with his control pad, and now we're so fucking lazy, we need to figure out a way to <laughs> convey the all is lost moment <laughs> by taking the power out of that pad. He looks down and his Nintendo controller has like a light bar on it that's yeah. out of light. Like, oh, we <laughs> ran out of power. What? It's the indicator light. Did your controller not have that, Ben? Wow, did you even play Nintendo? No. Oh my god. No, oh my no. god. No, it's just a mess. But wouldn't you know it, the rest of the crew shows up. Simon's 
whip, his Castlevania whip, is like apparently sentient, and it wraps up Captain, or I'm sorry, it wraps up King Hippo and the eggplant wizard in like a really like sensual and gross way. It's weird. I don't like it. And then Kid Icarus shoots an arrow at Mother Brain, and it hits a switch. Let me describe what Mother Brain is encased in. So she's in like a big glass jar because she's a living brainstem or whatever. She and looks all, like the aliens from The Simpsons. She does kind of look like that. She's also in a glass jar like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife in Batman and Robin. Yes. <laughs> she looks like... Um, McGregor Syndrome. <laughs> she looks like a face hugger from Aliens. Yes. She looks like all yeah. these things. She looks like pink broccoli. So he shoots an arrow oh. at a switch, and the switch Smile. makes it... <laughs> it's like... She starts spinning around as if she's in a blender, and I thought that was bad design by Mother Brain. She probably shouldn't have done that. Now, one of the heroes, I forget who, is like, let's fucking finish this. Like, we can finish this right now. But Captain N. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Quick, into the warp zone! It's too dangerous to finish her off! Why? Why is it too dangerous to finish her off? (laughs) Trust me, Master of Physics. (laughs) Reasons. (laughs) <laughs> i have some i'll tell you later it's just i'm not telling you them we need to go for 22 more episodes so anyway all's well that ends well we're back in the palace of power the battle has been won lana starts rubbing herself up on kevin and she's like hey stay in video land and help but kevin he misses the signals it's signals shalen signals, signals. But the war is far from over. You will stay and help defend Videoland, won't you? Sorry, Your Highness, but I've got to get back to my world. <laughs> Thanks, Duke. <laughs> He's very helpful. I have to take out the trash. So the ultimate warp zone opens back up, right? But then all of a sudden, Kevin hears a voice. Kevin, you better not be playing that foolish game. You have homework to do. And don't forget to take out the trash. And he's like, whoa, I don't, I'm not going home. I'm staying oh, here. Oh, the trash, that's too much. <laughs> so he's like, well, I can sing around for a little bit. And the portal closes, the ultimate warp zone. And here is your grand finale. <gasps> Let's face it, I'm hooked. So you get the smooch, which is great. It's a full-on lip smacker. Let's face it, I'm hooked is a bizarre ending line. I, I thought so, too. It, was that like, all these kids are addicted to video games? I think games. that's what it is. I, I think, think so, I too. I thought so, too. And I don't know if he is, like, making light of it or if he's like, fuck it, I'm, I'm doing this now. I, it's just such a weird way to end the show. Yep. It's the writer, again, never having played a video game, but probably having heard of them mm-hmm. and being like, oh, kids are addicted to these things. And kids I'm love hooked. Them. Kids no. are stupid. Kids love them. So that's it's Captain N, the Game Master. Show it to a young gamer, Shailen. No. Why? Um, <laughs> because I wouldn't want them to ask me, oh, what game is this? How do I play it? And then not be able to produce it for oh, them to play. Yeah, you got to be able to produce. And also it's terrible. I bet you that somebody's made like a Captain N Flash game. And I bet it sucks. That. Oh, my God. Dave, show it to a a youth. You know, it's harmless. They could watch it and not feel anything or whatever. It would just be like empty calories. But I I don't think 
I don't think I would want anybody to see this just because it like how poorly researched it is and how poorly (laughs) just how like poorly produced it is given like the the background of nintendo and all those games and everything it's just it's shamefully lazy and i i can't have people watch that or Uh, kids watch that i'm also gonna say no and my reasons aren't so profound it's just king hippo is repulsive (laughs) give kids nightmares chesticles man just fucking nuts goodness gracious and we'll go with one to five of The Legend of Zelda's famous Mario Plumber warp pipes. Shailen? Half. A half? Um, half a pipe. Half a pipe. When I was a kid, I did not care for this show. <laughs> we watched it, and I the whole time I was watching it, I was like, nope, this sucked, and I hated it, and this is just reaffirming my dislike of this show. Nope. Nope. Okay. Dave, how about you? I can't remember what I gave the Zelda one, but <laughs> that score, it's just like another, I'm going to go on a rant again. Like, video games are not hard. The story is already there. You can make a compelling cartoon about this or a compelling show or a compelling movie. Like, it's not that difficult. And constantly in the 80s, they just kept fucking it up. That's so zero, one, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I'm going to go with one and a half here. It's a bad show. It's it's really not a good show by any means. And really, that one and a half is only if you're between the ages of like 30 and 45, where you would have some nostalgia for this. Like if I was younger, there's not even like an ironic value here. Mm-hmm. But but it does remind me of a good time in life. I was young. I was eating Batman cereal. I was playing Zelda II, The Adventure of Link around this very time. So no matter how badly it's it's represented, it is still represented. The power glove was cool. The zapper was cool. I'd so much just rather watch a song. I'm in the middle of my thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm, this is my score now. Giving a soliloquy and you interrupted it. The whole fucking flow is broken. It's the score is one and a half. Real, real Simon Belmont there, Ben. Mm-hmm. Well, fortunately, tonight's game is mine. And I've been thinking about video games a lot recently and I mentioned this with with Zero Suit Samus, but video game culture is very oddly sexualized, right? There's a video game series in the 90s and 2000s called Dead or Alive, which is a fighting game series. They came out with a volleyball series where just like the women just had insanely bouncing boobs and the original Lara Croft, just humongous polygonal, easier for me to say, polygonal knockers. Zelda always famously had a huge dong. By Zelda, I mean Link. So, <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry. Exactly, exactly. So, Rule 34 type things abound on the internet about video games. And nothing says Rule 34 and over sexualization like a healthy dose of fan fiction. So, tonight <laughs> we're playing a little game called Super Fanfic Follies 64. Now, Dave Shalen, you guys will know the rules here, but I'll refresh you and listeners who might be here for the first time. Fanfic Follies is a journey into the fanfiction archive, <laughs> interestingly enough, called Archive of Our Own. And what I've done is I've found some popular video game franchises here. I'm going to give you guys the total number of stories of fanfiction associated with that. You guys will need to tell me the number of explicit stories. Now, users are left to archive their own stories and 
rate them. So explicit here could be really violent. It could be extraordinarily sexual. I didn't filter that out. So you guys got to give me the number. Whoever's closest will get a point. Now, Shailen has a real fucking history of just giving up on games. I'm not going to give up. You're not going to give up because I will tell you guys, for the first three (laughs) rounds here, there are power-ups. So if you win the round, you get a power-up that you can use later in the game. Think about that. Thinking about it. They're all video game themed. They're fucking great. So we're going to start with a classic here. Yeah. The Legend of Zelda. Wonderful video game series. Action adventure RPG. A fantasy land. There are 21,929 stories about The Legend of Zelda on Archive of Our Own. 20% of them are from me. (laughs) (laughs) What number would you guys guess are rated explicit? (laughs) 21,000. Okay. It's a fun (laughs) guess. Um, I'm going to say like 12,000. 12,000. You guys are are both really high. The number's only 2,600. I'm shocked. Zelda itself, not an explicit series. So, but the cosplay, uh, yeah, the cosplay, was, yeah. Now, Dave, uh, you win, I guess, by the skin of your teeth here. Do you want the one up, the fire flower, or the star? Do they all do the same thing, or do they do different things? They do different things. I'm not going to tell you what they do, though. You have to pick blind. So, one up, fly, flower, star. Um, I'll go star. Okay, for the star, for a later round. Now you have to remember because I'm juggling a lot of shit here. Hold on, let me get my let me get my uh, notebook. For one of the later here. rounds here, you get a clue. So if you want to invoke your star, I will text you a clue. Now I haven't I haven't made up any clues yet, so I can't guarantee the quality <laughs> of the clue. <laughs> it may be sort of a poison star, but I will give you a clue to one of the answers should you desire it later okay. in the game. Now. Dear listeners, the other part of this game that I have committed myself to, very sadly, is to read a sampling of one of the archive of our own stories. And in this case, I'm going to read you a little bit of The Divine Beast, written by uh, the the user Obscure Shipyard. That's a name for Link's penis, right? <laughs> uh, let's find out. As per usual, folks, uh, some of the filthier stuff I will probably bleep out, but here we go. He handed the vial to Link. He opened it and took a whiff. The scent wasn't abhorrent, perhaps mildly pleasing. Looking up, he watched as Ganon stripped his dark clothes and many weapons from his body. The sight sent Link's pulse skyward. Under the layers of cloth lay thick muscles covered in dark green skin and swirls of thick red hair. Ganon (laughs) unbound his braids, the wild red curls falling down his broad back. A strange flush of heat swept over Link's skin just as he had felt down in the parlor. Ganon stood proud and naked before him. His body shone in the firelight. He was massive, so much larger than Link. With his heart in his throat, Link allowed his eyes to drop down the contoured valleys of Ganon's abdomen to the thick that jutted from a nest of red hair. It was heavily veined and just as dark in color as the rest of him, it was also nearly as thick as Link's forearm. Don't look so worried, my little flower. I would never use it to hurt you. I will only give you pleasure, Ganon purred. His hand moved to his giving his a few gentle strokes. Link realized his mouth hung open and quickly snapped his teeth shut. He still felt warm, very warm. He decided Ganon wanted a whore. Link would give him a whore, and he'd get the king off as fast as possible with every trick he knew. So there you go. It's it's the Legend of Zelda. Yikes. Um, (laughs) I need a a minute. There's no time. We have many rounds left here. So Take care of something. I'm real uncomfortable. Second video game franchise here. (laughs) Punch-Out. 
the uh, the boxing game where you <laughs> you box. Hmm. Sometimes you box Mike Tyson. Two hundred and twenty three total stories. Interesting. Two hundred and twenty three stories about Punch Out. Now I should note here: this won't impact the game at all. Users can tag things in a number of ways. So, for example, Little Mac from Punch Out appears in Super Smash Brothers. And there's a lot of Super Smash Brothers stories that Punch-Out is tagged in. So I don't know if all of these are about Punch-Out in particular. Some stories we talk about tonight may have guest stars. I'll call those out before I uh, get into them. But no matter, 223 stories tagged as being about Punch-Out. How many of those are explicit? Explicit doesn't just mean sexual. Doesn't have to. 75. It only helps. It only helps. Okay. Shailen guesses 75. Say 50. You say 50. Dave, the answer is 51. You're pretty much on the money with that. And for that correct answer, you get your choice of a second power up here. (laughs) You can get the one up or the fire flower. You already have the star. I'll go with the one up. The one up means you get an extra guess. So if you're not feeling too confident, you want to throw two guesses out there, you have that with you. You can use that one time. I have another question. Yes, go ahead. For you. Or how many, uh, there are three power-ups total. I, <laughs> uh, okay. well, no, no, how many rounds are there? I don't so know. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's a <laughs> so game of chance. I, I can use them. It's a okay, game of chance. Okay. So the story for Punch-Out here, uh, it's called Dream Match. It's written by the user Ultimate Warrior Forever. And it's about... <laughs> doesn't star Little Mac. doesn't star uh, Von Kaiser. It's the cast of Family Guy meeting the character Super Macho Man. What? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Groaning wearfully, Lois opened her eyes, only to find herself in the arms of Super Macho Man. She felt shocked when those strong, tanned, muscular arms were wrapped around her like a Christmas present. Just to add this shocking gesture, Lois looked up at him to see a very seductive, passionate stare coming from Super Macho Man's face. Looking at him like he was a box of delicious oven-baked chocolate chip cookies... Lois felt her heart beat furiously around his warm touch. Lois now felt a case of the butterflies as she caught herself captivated by his sexually infected eyes. That's gross. You, you, you didn't hit me, Lois stuttered. Of course I didn't, Super Macho Man whispered muskily. I'd never hit a sexy, unbogus, beautiful woman such as you. I, I don't know what to say, Lois said, feeling lost oh, for words macho again. Macho Man. Let me reply for you then, he said, caressing her face with his boxing glove. Before Lois could actually say something, she felt her lips crash through his in a forced yet very passionate kiss. Lois's heart stopped halfway as his wet, warm, minty lips was rendering every ounce of oxygen she had left. After Super Macho Man slipped a little tongue in her, Lois started moaning straight into the kiss, which made her weak all over her knees. The man was definitely one hell of a good kisser. Heck, he was probably better than Peter ever was. Just the way his tongue was swimming deep inside her drove Lois crazy. Yada, yada, yada. After all, Super Macho Man was quite a silver fox when it came to the ladies. So let's punch out. Hmm. So, Dave, you're up to nothing. Shailen, this is your last chance to get a power up. I'm Don't trying. fuck it up. I'm ready. We're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog here. All right. Now, mm. there are entries for Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I clicked on games only here. Okay. So these are all about the games. 2,671 stories. How many of those are explicit? 400. 400. Okay. A lot of weird Sonic stuff on the internet. For sure. For sure. Let me use my star for this one. What is this? So the star gives you a clue. Uh, oh, get shit. a clue. <laughs> All right. I need to think of a, <laughs> to think of a clue here. 
There are clues around numbers. Hold on. It rhymes with uh, Schmun hundred and Schmevendi. No, okay, you know what? I can actually, I, th- I can think of this. I got this. Okay, okay. Like I said, I can't promise the quality of the clue, but you will get a clue. I should play the, uh, the star music over this. Maybe I will. All right, I just sent the clue. Okay, okay. With, uh, 207. Are you sure that I didn't send you the notes? The, the, the number is 207 <laughs> on the dot. Uh, no, you did not Dave, send me the cheating? notes. What was the, no. what, Dave, read the clue I sent you. A typical football score, it's which is generally, generally 20 to 7. Number is 207. When you said that, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, when he started your reaction, I was like, oh, crap. I, like, I completely pushed that, that clue. <laughs> that was one of the easier numbers to do, at least. Um, so number is 207. Dave, you now get the fire flower. That means that if you feel like Shailen's guess is too good, you can wipe it off the board <laughs> and make her guess again. You may not need the fire flower the way this game is going. But, uh, <laughs> let's do it. So the story I'm going to read for you here is a story of forbidden love between two hedgehogs, Sonic and Shadow. I'm sorry. I just want to intervene here. It's the story of forbidden love between two hedgehogs. Yes, that's right. Uh, Sonic mm-hmm. and Shadow. Uh, this is called The Real Sonic was written by user Sonic Bros. This is a weird one. Shadow cleared his throat and frowned up at him. Sonic said, tell me you like being used. Shadow looked away. I like being used. Sonic laughed. Then get to it, he said. Pulling Shadow closer once again, Shadow swallowed and looked back at Sonic's leaning forward to take his tip back into his mouth. Sonic repeated the action. and pushed his head down, but Shadow was prepared. He squeezed his eyes shut and relaxed his throat, letting Sonic grab one of his head quills so he could guide him. As Sonic got into a rhythm, the obscene noises got to Shadow as much as he'd like to deny it. He drooled down his muzzle as he quickly went to pull his gloves off by his own lap. His was already beginning to peek out of his and it didn't take much for him to work it out the rest of the way. The moment Shadow had a hand around himself, Sonic tugged him off his Shadow grunted as he was suddenly pulled up and slammed stomach first onto the table. The speed that this Sonic used was impossible for Shadow to get used to. I like I liked that Sonic's speed was part of that story. I liked that Shadow was apparently anatomically correct. I hated it. A real, a real fucking mess here. I fucking oh boy. hated it. A real it. mess here. We need another minute. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Well, how many people could write weird stories about Donkey Kong, right? A lot. Probably, I guess like 10,000 would I mean, there's 186 stories, but... stories out there. Oh, okay. okay. That's a lot fewer than lot I expected. Fewer than you would think. Now, I will tell you guys right up front, this does encompass the Donkey Kong Country series as well. So I don't want to give a spoiler as to where the story heads. But yeah, so 186 stories. How many are explicit? Dave still has two power-ups, which may not be needed, but we'll see. It's like Super Mario 3. Use them at your own discretion. 23. 23. Okay. All right. I'm going to use my plus one here. Okay. You get two guesses. So 18 mm-hmm. and 57. <laughs> it's interesting. 18 is actually really close. The only problem is 23 is closer because the answer is oh, 28. No. 
So that's a, a point for Shailen. So Shailen is on the board here. The score is three to one. If the story you're about to read isn't named Donkey Kong Country, I will be very disappointed in you. <laughs> it's not. Oh, uh, this, this story needs a slight bit of setup, so I'll wait until Shailen's back. This one's a doozy. <laughs> so it's always an interesting experience looking for these stories. One, because I feel like a fucking insane person really scrolling for the worst of the worst. You know, you might see things like like rough sex and be horrified. For me, I'm I'm drawn to it for the purposes of the game. But sure, sure. But then usually what I'll do is I'll scroll and I'll I'll find a passage that works and I'll copy it into my Google Doc. But I don't really read it much more than that because I don't want to over you don't want to overdo it and over theatricize it. But Archive of Our Own is like an open place. So people can just put shit there. But a lot of times they're not great writers. So the <laughs> the wording doesn't make sense. It's easy to get tripped up over your messaging. Clean that shit up. The site needs moderators. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new Wikipedia. Like it's just like a, a just a whole community of volunteers cleaning up uh, disgusting, <laughs> explicit fan fiction. Well, not even cleaning up. Just you know, editing, making it legible. Yeah. No. No. I'm, that's what I mean. Like you know, a nice polish. Like if you're out there getting your rocks off to <laughs> Lois Griffin and Super Macho Man, you don't want to get distracted by typos. Lois no. talking about his hands. And what if you could turn the readers into, you know, actors and be like, you know, like you're, you're polishing your knob to this stuff. Why don't you just mm-hmm. polish up some copy? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. fix those comma splices. Polishing your knob like so many Atari joysticks. That's right. As you read these stories, I picture you searching this stuff. So I'm glad you brought this up because it's, <laughs> you are, you're the hero we deserve. <laughs> i'll put it like i'll put it that way listen shailen was sitting on the couch she was watching a tv show i had like 50 tabs open last night scrolling through video game franchises looking for just the right fits so a lot of them didn't make the cut some of them even i was too weirded out by like animal crossing now shailen you had to step away for a minute i did we had to put things on hold, and Dave and I had a vamp, because I don't want you to miss the stories, right? You got the point. You oh, deserve the story. Thank you. Now, this particular story is in the Donkey Kong universe. It's called All I Need Is You by the author my underscore name underscore Jeff. That's G-E-O-F-F. And given the story, interesting, Jeff would put his name on this one. So this story isn't about, well, it is about Donkey Kong, but it's about Cranky Kong. In the Donkey Kong Country universe... Cranky Kong is like the grandfather character. Mm -hmm. He's actually the original Donkey Kong from Donkey Kong 1, and then from Donkey Kong 2 on, it's a different... Donkey Kong Jr. is actually Donkey Kong. The point is, Cranky Kong's a little older, but just because you're older doesn't mean you can't be looking for love. It's a special guest star in this one that you probably won't expect. Okay. Cranky Kong sighed with frustration. No one appealed to him, and he was tired. Just as he was about to give up, he saw someone that caught his eye. This is a a profile. John Arbuckle, 32, (laughs) lives alone with his cat and dog Garfield. I'd like to fuck him. And so Cranky Kong messaged John Arbuckle. Meanwhile, John was sitting alone, smoking and browsing Grindr when he got a message. Hey, sweet stuff, want a sex? John's heart jumped for joy as he quickly responded, Yes, I do. Great. Just come over to Congo Bongo Island. John was happy as he shouted, Pack your things. We're going to Congo Bongo. What the hell is Congo Bongo? Garfield asked. 
I don't know, John said as he ran to the airport, package and Garfield in hand. Meanwhile, Cranky was waiting and he was ready. He had perfirms ready. Then John knocked. Hey, sexy, let's fuck, Cranky said as he immediately showed John his massive round ass. His ass shined in the sunlight, so bright it was. John got a boner. It goes on from there. So bright it was. <laughs> so bright it was. <laughs> Though it's written in like really weird language, and then his ass shined in the sunlight. So bright it was. So bright it was. So bright it was. <laughs> Someone was like, oh, I found this. Uh, I'm in a poetry class, and I just learned like how to like you know reform sentences to to sound cool. And I'm going to use that one here. So some bright it was. It's, uh, oh, yeah. Some imaginations out there, folks. Oh boy, takes all on. kinds. You know, John Don- <laughs> <laughs> And they do, they do get, they do the nasty. By the way, I it's bet, pretty explicit. Of course. So. Donkey Kong introduced us to a, a character the world knows to be portrayed by Chris Pratt in an upcoming movie, Super Mario. Now, Super Mario Brothers, just about the, that game series, okay. Galaxy, Sunshine, they all have their own, their own things here. Super Mario Brothers, 1,177 stories about it. How many of those are about uh, something not for the kiddies? 1,177 is the number? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 342. 342. I like it. 177. 177. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Jalen, that's another point on the board for you. Yeah. The answer is 110. Yes. 110. Let me tell you a little, little story called Locked in Bowser's Castle by user Autumn underscore leaves underscore falling. Beautiful name. Beautiful title. Beautiful tale. Bowser with a mighty roar. <laughs> Shooting streams of white across the room. Peach followed face twisting in ecstasy her orgasm soaking bowser's still pulsating red his trickled down her thighs as she collapsed against the workbench who is it who's there she muttered weakly oh she had known mario was there the whole time but was too busy chasing her orgasm to pay him any time any mind perhaps she thought it was a servant bowser wasn't wanting for any of those here and up in his tower it's a me, a Mario, he said, lacking his usual fervor. Her eyes shot up towards where he stood in the threshold, face flaming red at having been caught in this position. Mario. She sounded embarrassed, which was something at least. Super Mario Brothers. That was a lot. Mm. When you started, what a strong start, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and when you started, I was like, is Princess Peach cucking Mario? And the answer was yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was. She sure was. Just knew it. It's a me, a Mario. Hi, <laughs> 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 I, I hired Bowser to do this. We got three left here. Scores three to two right now. There's one power up left in play. Oh, boy. Our next game series. No more for violence than for fucking, but uh, Mortal Kombat. Okay. 1,962 stories. Now, keep in mind here with Mortal Kombat, explicit could mean violence. Those fatalities, fatalities, brutalities could all be included here. How many explicit stories are there? 1,001. 1,001. Okay. What does my flower do? 
it wipes away Shalen's guess if you think it's too good. Oh boy. Uh, I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm going to go with 1200, 1200. Okay. You're both way, way off. The answer is 603. What? <laughs> so Shalen wins by default. That's right. <laughs> Two thirds of the stories about fucking mortal combat are not explicit. Mildly disappointing. You would think they'd be fighting each other. You would be. Yeah. This is just like, Oh, hello, Scorpion. How are you? I'm going to the <laughs> grocery great store today. Do you need anything at the store, Scorpion? Yes, please pick up some mandarin oranges. Goro, are you wearing a necktie? That is very funny for you. <laughs> I am. I had a hard time tying it with these four hands. Get over here. Now, <laughs> if you thought that I was going to pull a story about the romance between Scorpion and Sub-Zero, I'll tell you, there sure are a lot of them. Of course. Scorpion and Sub-Zero, I don't know if the spear gets involved. Maybe it does. But I went a little different direction. The story's called Confessions by Why Is Fall Here. And it's an interesting story because it's a choose-your-own-adventure tale with you, you, the reader. So like this, Shailen, how you put yourself in the fucking headspaces yeah. of the characters. I'm in there. It's be a story for you. Choose-your-own-adventure tale with Lord Raiden, the god of thunder. I have a question. Yeah. Is Confessions spelled with a K? No. <laughs> no, a real missed opportunity there. Yeah, for sure. Come on, Why Is Fall Here. Let's get into it. The god arched his back and buckled into his hand. He whispers your name like small prayers. You pull back from his chest and let go of his other nipple. Your other hand doesn't leave his groin. You went to his ear. You're so big, Lord Raiden. Your bulge barely fits in my hand. As you say that, you squeeze slightly harder, making the thunder god gasp louder than before and then whimpering out your name. Your name! You kiss his neck again and let go of his groin. So last two are a little abstract, guys. I search far and wide on Archive of Our Own. Our next game is We Fit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, We Fit will fall into that guest star category because the We Fit trainer, the foxy lady in like yoga clothes who has no face, mm-hmm. is in the Super Smash Brothers series. So keep that oh, in mind. Oh, is she? Yeah. Okay. I did find one story explicitly about We Fit, and it's about the We Fit trainer getting tortured. Didn't pull that one. Didn't seem in the fun spirit of this game. But no, I didn't did not, didn't want to read that one out didn't loud. Didn't want to do that one. But what we got here, 49 stories tagged as being about We Fit. A mere 49. That's about 49 more than I anticipated. What number of that 49 are explicit? I'm going to go with eight. Okay. And I'm going to use my flower. Destroy any guess Shailen has right now. Oh. All right. Strategic move. Gives it, Dave, was, it was strategy. Gives Dave the point. What number would you have said, Jalen? Six. Strategic move, Dave. Ultimately unwise, because the answer is 21. There are 21 explicit stories about We Fit. Out of how many? 49. <laughs> That's the highest percentage we've hit. Tonight. Yes, it's almost 50%. And it, it's also That's... roughly the percentage I would have guessed at the beginning of the game. <laughs> and then every single time I was so far over that I figured go way low. We're zigging and zagging, baby. Oh, All right, boy. but Dave, you get the point. You're up four to three, so you can't do worse than a tie. And in WatchBots right. fashion, Shailen will get this last point. Our story here is in the Smash Brothers music, or universe, and it goes back to the, the Punch-Out series. It's a little story about the Wii Fit trainer and Little Mac meeting up. It was a long one. I didn't pull the whole thing. I never pulled the whole thing. <laughs> this one's called Extracurricular Activity, and it's by the, the user Quinn Lova. <laughs> Here we go. Breathe in, breathe out. That's how it's done. 
After making sure to lock the door and turn off the lights, Little Mac and We Fit Trainer were now making out against one of the yoga mats. With the lightweight Little Mac on top, his boner containing shorts grinded against the yoga pants We Fit Trainer had on, even though she had taken her tank top off, leaving a tiger print bra. Little Mac's hands were positioned behind We Fit Trainer's torso, allowing him to squeeze her ass. Meanwhile, Mac had taken his tank top off, which left We Fit Trainer to hold onto his abs. Reaching oh. her face up, We Fit Trainer Ow. kissed up and down Little Mac's neck, quietly giggling like a schoolgirl. <laughs> Managing to move down to his abs, We Fit Trainer slowed her kissing, embracing the feeling of his pecs against her lips. Moaning from the ecstasy, she continued kissing the lines between the six pack. Feeling Little Mac's penis poke against her yoga pants, We Fit Trainer suddenly gained a blush. Moving her face up again, We Fit Trainer had her mouth meet up with Little Mac's ear. That was just the warm up. Are you ready to feel the burn? <laughs> Speaking of punch out, <laughs> I meant to mention this with the punch out bit. There was like a, a seven part series with the reader character fucking Glass Joe and Von Kaiser just back and forth and then getting double teamed by Von Kaiser and Glass Joe. Yeah. But they call him Joseph in that. Like, it's very funny. Joseph. I think it was written to be funny. Uh, it's very enjoyable. Our last game here. Last game for the night. Tetris. All right. I'm here for this. There are 50 stories in Archive of Our Own about the puzzle game Tetris that has wow. no human characters. Of those 50, what number are explicit? Now, Shailen, if you get this right, you can get us to a classic WatchBots tie. 10. 10. Okay, Dave. That's a high percentage. Um, two, Three. Dave gets the win. The answer is it's only two. I'm only, shocked. Only two sickos out there how do you have an explicit tetris story i'm so glad you asked and there's a reason i pulled this one and we, we talked about it right at the top of the show it has to do with the matrix of course this story is written by the the shakespeare of archive of our own uh, the username is hitler the duck oh and this is called neo x tetris block hmm. wonderful Neo was in the Matrix, riding on a giant dinosaur chicken nugget, snorting 10 tons of cocaine, and fapping to the person reading this story. He <laughs> rode through the air like there was no tomorrow until his arch enemy, and sometimes lover, Agent Smith came down from the sky and punched Mr. Anderson in the face as hard as he could, sending the black trench coat wearing Messiah off of his nugget friend and sent him crashing into a dumpster. Whoa, said Neo in the chillest, most laid back way imaginable. Neo was about to fly out and bent Smith so far backwards that he'd f*** his own ass when he spied something in the dumpster with him. It seemed to be a block from the iconic video game Tetris. The block was red in color and shaped like a Z. Neo stared at the block before he felt an uncontrollable urge to f*** this block like there was no tomorrow. Neo dropped his pants, grabbed the Tetris block with both hands, and said, I know Kung Fu, before sticking his magnum schlong inside the block's chopsticks. Neo gave all his might to making love to this iconic video game character, while in the, the distance, Agent Smith was eating his favorite food of all time, oatmeal cookies. Neo continued pounding this block, and it gave him great pleasure as he thrusted in and out of its He then climaxed his chosen one juices inside the block, and Neo felt satisfied at his actions. That's Neo X Tetris Block. I feel like 
the last minute of my life is just confusing. <laughs> the other Tetris explicit story was also about fucking, but it was from an anime I had never heard of. Mm. And that character also fucked a Tetris block. That's so weird. I didn't think that was a thing. I, I guess there's a thing for everything. There's always a thing. Just We're not going to play this as a round, but now I am, am wondering. I like Tetris. I prefer Dr. Mario myself. Oh, boy. Um, I just want to take a quick peek here and see if there's any Dr. Mario fuck stories. Speaking of the Matrix, there must be like a, a porn called Enter the Matrix. Oh, right? of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just one. <laughs> okay, Dr. Mario, seven stories total. Two are explicit. Let me just sort and filter here. That's a high percentage. They're both Smash Brothers. So the two <laughs> explicit works for Dr. Mario. One's called Any Port in a Storm. <laughs> it's tagged with hospital sex, fluff and smut, sex, rough sex, making love, explicit content. The other one, a little different, Captain Falcon pounds Wario's fart box. So there you go. Probably jars it up after. That one's tagged as a cavernous anus, among hmm. other things. So nice. That nice. is a super fanfic folly 64, another successful, <laughs> not embarrassing round. I didn't give up. I tried and hard. And didn't surrender. It was close. It was competitive. It was five to three. I probably had 30 more of those that I axed out, but that's how it goes. Now on to the mailbag here. This is from The Masked Poet. It says, the world needs to know what your New Year's resolutions are or why you're too much of a fucking coward to say them publicly. Uh, and then it just kind of goes on and on like that for three paragraphs. None rhyming, by the way. Hmm. Not much of a poet. That's ridiculous. Lack of creativity. So the topic is New Year's resolutions or why you're too much of a coward to state them publicly. Shailen, why are you so cowardly? I'll state mine publicly. <gasps> it's New Year, New Me. I'm going to eat more vegetables. <laughs> In the month of December, I think I ate like four. Four total? Yeah. What were they? It was like four bites of broccoli one time. Whoa, that's not even four. It's like so, a percentage of one. I'm already like way over that for December, for January. So you gave yourself the resolution to eat more vegetables and you just immediately stacked the deck for yourself? <laughs> no, it wasn't on purpose. I wasn't like okay. in oh, okay, preparation. Okay. I just, I look. <laughs> you just had like a whole bushel of peppers next to you <laughs> ready to go January 1. No. <laughs> no, but let me tell you, cauliflower rice. You can do some magic with that shit. I don't recommend the frozen. I recommend ricing your own. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So you feel good about your resolution. You're going to keep, do you have a goal? Like, do you have a number in mind? I'm trying or to eat a vegetable more? with every meal. Every meal? What about if you're having pancakes? I could eat a vegetable on the side. Like, like an onion? Like a broccoli? I did buy vegetarian Cucumber? bacon. You could have vegetarian bacon. Ooh. How about that? You could have like an apple with your pancakes. Yeah. You could have apple pancakes. That's not yeah. a, that's not, not a, a vegetable. Not a vegetable. No, that's not a vegetable at all. <laughs> Almost. I mean, I could. Yes, I agree. I could totally do that. Why but. would you? I mean, like. You don't want to force it, like carrot sticks with pancakes. No, no, no. But listen, I'm not going to beat myself up over not having a breakfast vegetable. You said every meal. I'm trying yeah, for every meal. Okay. What's your success ratio so far? As we record here on National Bird Day. <laughs> it's actually really high because I've been eating omelets for breakfast. There you go. That'll do it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got one. Um, I am trying to stop... I, I did this a, a couple years ago, and then I, I severely broke the habit. I'm trying to stop picking my nails, mm. and they skin around my nails. I will pick so low, I will like bleed. 
and like the nail beds get like infected sometimes. It's gross. Oof. Um, yeah. It's not, not a good habit, but I've been doing really well. I haven't picked a nail. I've been kind of chafing at the skin a little bit during the podcast here, but it's, it's a work in progress. Just, just like me. I'm a work in progress, baby. New year, new you. That's right. For me, I guess this is a continuation. Uh, before, right before the new year, I picked up my guitar and my bass for the first time in a long while. Decided to commit myself. That's my resolution, is to get good, to practice almost every day. I don't want to go like Shailen and commit to doing it every single day. But I don't want to work so hard that my, my fingers bleed, but they bleed <laughs> with the power of rocking. Now, my problem is that I have a weak pinky. I have a weak pinky on my left hand, and you need that pinky to be reaching strings and holding them down. And that's difficult. It's a challenge I'm going to have to overcome. How do you strengthen that pinky? So one, by sheer practice and force of will. Also grip trainers. So I, I've got myself a grip trainer. It's okay. like a thing with springs, and you could use each of your fingers on it. My pinky will soon be the strongest finger of them all. It sounds uncomfortable, but I support your endeavor. Grip trainer. I'm going to be playing Springsteen and Buffett songs in the next month. Okay. Do you have a song in mind that you want to learn? Stay right to heaven. Okay. <laughs> and will you play it on WatchBots? I mean, you know, I could hook it into the, the board here. Uh, maybe. I can play a power chord version of Back in Black. And also the bass line from Fleetwood Mac's Everywhere. Not very well, but I can play it. Huh, okay. It goes boom, right. boom, boom, boom. So I've improved by leaps and bounds. Sheila doesn't think so. She's too busy reading. I think you have. Encouraging my ass. I encouraged your vegetable thing. When? Right now, when I said, you're doing great. You're, you're killing it. I don't... You threw a- he threw a cucumber at your face. <laughs> Eat this. I can say that definitively I, I'm starting to recognize the songs you're playing. Yeah, that's right. So, good job. You always tell me that I sound like I'm condescending when I try to encourage you, so I wasn't going to uh, engage with well, that I and have you be like, moo. Do you want to know what else you sound condescending? Right now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but I don't mean to be. I don't mean to be. Mm-hmm. It's like how my face always looks like I'm really judging someone, what? but that's what? just not true. No. no. What are you talking about? No, that's crazy. What? You both need to stop whatever you're doing right what? now. What? Stop it. You're out there. <laughs> that's wild. Thanks, Masked Poet. Listeners, we'd love to hear your resolutions at WatchBotsPod on the socials. Uh, hashtag ResoluceFun or New Year, New Me or hashtag No Regrets or hashtag... Um, hashtag oh. Fart Jars. Hashtag fart jars, hashtag... Or, or jarts. Um, hashtag so bright it was. So bright it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, another New Year's resolution. I want to make $30,000 a week jarring my farts and selling them <laughs> to people. That's unrealistic, uh, Dave. Okay. Maybe I'll $1,000 a week jarring okay. my farts and selling them to people. mm since you've already got that collection to start with, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Jar farts. Hit us up at hashtag jar farts. So <laughs> that will, uh, that'll do it. Um, <laughs> back in the saddle for better or for worse. Shailen agree. Yes. Any definitely final- one of those things. Yeah. You got final thoughts, Shailen. Any final thoughts on captain N? Yeah. yeah it sucks. And everyone should watch at least one episode so they can feel tortured the way we were. Dave, Ben? I got no final thoughts. That you, you summed it up well. Not a single final thought, huh? No, none. 
I'm, I'm too busy thinking about how my farts smell in those jars. <laughs> you can save those farts. Hashtag those farts. Hashtag those farts. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting stuff. Uh, it'll be a fun year ahead, or it won't. I don't know. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't get uh get ahead of myself. But we're happy to be back. Where can people find us if they want to interact? That's a really great question. You can find us at WatchBotsPod on Twitter, on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, on Spotify. I don't know if we're on title. I didn't put us on title, but I don't know. Doesn't mean we're not there. Should we should we ask for five stars? I yeah, I guess. That sounds good. I think we I think we deserve it, especially for, for this episode. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> We've done a lot of work here for you you people. You Philistines. You're so ungrateful. For Dave and for Shalen, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of Watchbots. And to take us out of here, I am trying to work on something. Uh, Shailen, you're going to be off the hook this week. Yes. Oh. I found a story here about Captain and the Games Master, an archive of our own. It's called Bounty Hunters Are Nothing, Comma, But Trouble. It's by the user Emeralds and Amethyst. Chapter 4 had Samus masturbating with uh, strawberries and chocolate, which is pretty fun. Here's a little note about our friend Kevin. Let me get a little ragtime up for us, and I'll uh, read us a passage to take us out. Maybe this will be the new thing, except it'll be Shailen reading these passages in future weeks. Oh, that's a great no. idea. That's a great no. Yes, yes, yes. yes. A hundred thousand times yes. I'm going to give you a little bit of the Chattanooga choo-choo and a little talk about Captain Ed. Folks, have a great week and a better tomorrow. I saw her in all her real live three-dimensional glory. Why did I never realize it before? She's a goddess, went Kevin's thoughts. Kevin's hand had wandered down his body during these thoughts. And he'd begun stroking his erection through his pants. He'd been somewhat hard. (laughs) Somewhat. Ever since he'd seen Samus's face and realized who she was, but he'd been desperately trying to hide it, how somewhat hard he was. It always made him feel so awkward and out of place whenever that happened. And most of the time, it wasn't even over something that could be considered sexy. It just happened. But this time was nearly a million times worse than all the others. As much as he was embarrassed to admit being turned on by a video character, Samus had turned him on. Her eyes were so fierce, he thought to himself. Thinking of their fight now, Knowing who he'd been fighting was nearly torture. He stroked his erection through his pants, wondering if he had the time to be alone for a little while. Uh, let's see, is there any more? Fucking. Uh, thermal readings don't lie, Captain. If you were sleeping, I'm a space pirate, Samus said. Kevin blushed and sunk down in his seat. She hadn't been pulling his leg. She knew he'd been aroused by his body heat. It's pretty fun. Uh, well, let's see. Chapter six. Practice. You call that a kiss, she said. She tilted her head down and pressed her lips against his, moving them against his. Kevin gasped against her lip, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Samus ground herself down, rubbing against his straining erection. He moaned and started rubbing his hands up and down her body. She reached down to his jeans and ripped them open. Kevin jerked up reflexively and gasped out. Oh, man. And so on and so forth. Etc., etc., Oh, please, Samus, please come for me. I know you're close. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I don't know if I can hold on. His self-control fraying. Yeah, that's good, Samus murmured. Looks like you're shooting for the high score, Captain, Samus said, smirking. (laughs) He gasped. It's quite a thing. Have a good one, folks.